everyone, and welcome back to another episode of We Talk Football. I'm Lance Leach. And I'm Briar Wagner. And you should uh, check out our website, wetalkfootball.org. I recently put out a handful of Team Needs articles, and I'm almost complete. Just two more divisions to go. Uh, also, like us on Facebook and follow us on Twitter. You can also follow us on SoundCloud and uh, on iTunes, where you can find these podcasts. And, uh, well, we don't have a week in review, because... I don't feel like covering the Pro Bowl. It was uh, all offense, no defense, and that was it. (laughs) So uh, we're going to jump right into our congratulations. Uh, Only have one for this week, and that's Calvin Johnson. He uh, put out as soon as the season ended that he was thinking about retiring, and I guess during this last week he went to his coaches and informed them he was going to. He called the owner and talked to her and her daughters and thanked them for everything that they had done for him. He's on his way out. The Lions are still trying to figure out a way to keep him, but as soon as he signs that paperwork, it's done. So, um, you know, I might be a Vikings fan, but I'm really upset to hear that he is retiring. I I picked him to win the Heisman his final year at Georgia Tech. I paid attention to him when he came into the draft. I was upset for him that he went to the Lions because, you know, it's the Lions. Um but regardless of where he, him playing for them, he still had a terrific career. Uh, 731 total receptions, 11,619 yards, 83 touchdowns. That's only nine years in the league. He, With nine years in the league, he'll finish 27th in receiving yards, 43rd in receptions, and 22nd in receiving touchdowns. Imagine if he played like a normal receiver. Six more years. Imagine if he had played on a team that actually had a good quarterback. From the start? Yeah, from the start. Yep. And uh, I have no no doubt that we'll be seeing him inducted into the Hall of Fame. So congratulations on the great career, and you know thanks for letting us watch you. And uh, we're gonna go into facts and opinions. And I'm first because I'm doing the Minnesota Vikings, number twenty three pick overall. <clears throat> the Vikings' top needs start at left tackle. Unfortunately, I only view two of the first round picks as right away start them, plug them into left tackle. I view a third, which is Jack Conklin, as a potential left tackle, but I think he needs a little bit of time to learn the position like you covered last week. Uh, but Larry Tunzel and Ronnie Stanley, the two immediate impact players at left tackle, they'll be gone. Jack Conklin will more than likely be gone by the time Minnesota picks at 23. So that leaves us probably looking to free agency to fill a position. And with the draft, I would say... We'll have to target a safety, a receiver, or an outside linebacker. And with where we are picking at, um, safety-wise, Sua Cravens, USC, I've covered him a couple times now. Uh, He's a player that's going to end up ranging all over the board. We won't know where he goes until the day of the draft, but if he's there for Minnesota, it would be a good target. I mean, he's 6'1", 225, played linebacker at USC, has the athletic ability to play safety, and with a defensive-minded coach like Mike Zimmer, he would it would be really interesting to see how he decides to use him in different packages. He could create something like a Tyron Matthew-type role for him, minus the uh, nickel corner. I don't see him playing nickel corner. But, you know, anything could happen. Uh, for receiver, Laquan Treadwell. Uh, I read quite a bit lately that the belief with Treadwell is that his 40-yard dash is going to cause him to drop. Well, I believe he's too big of a talent to have 22 teams pass on him, I would be absolutely thrilled if the Vikings had a chance to draft him. Fast 40 or not, this kid was super productive in the SEC against the top SEC opponents. And if you doubt me, 
Go look at the game he had against Alabama last season. This last season. Um, and that victory that Ole Miss, he was a huge reason why they got that victory over, Ole Miss got that victory over Alabama. Um, he's six foot two, 210 pounds, put up 1,150 yards and 11 touchdowns. The SEC is not an easy place to do something like that as a receiver. Um, so Laquan Treadwell, uh, wide receiver, Josh Doxson out of TCU guys, six foot three and 195 pounds. He's got a thin frame. So he definitely needs to add some weight and some muscle. But he reminds me of A.J. Green. He's the kind of guy that you can just throw the ball up to in the end zone, and you know he's going to come down with it. He's not big, but he's still pretty strong. And uh, he put up 1,327 yards and 14 touchdowns last season. Um, Then you can go into outside linebacker. I think that's – yep, okay. Outside linebacker. uh, Darren Lee out of Ohio State. Kid's – Another versatile type player with good speed. He doesn't translate to safety. He's six foot one, two thirty five, but he can still cover pretty well. So outside linebacker would be a good spot for him and on a defense. Um, he had sixty six tackles, eleven for loss, and four and a half sacks. He is definitely a four three outside linebacker. He'd translate to inside if he were to move to a three four. Uh, I also. Really like Scooby Wright out of Arizona. Yes, that is his name. That's Not just awesome because of name. his name, though. <laughs> um, I love this kid. I mean, he most view him as an inside linebacker for a three-four. He's six foot, two hundred forty-six pounds. Uh, his lack of height might make it a little iffy on whether or not a team will risk taking him as a four-three outside linebacker. But this kid is productive. He spent last season injured for most of the season. But the year previous, he had 163 tackles, 29 tackles for loss, and 14 sacks. Yeah, he had a pretty spectacular season. And I don't know if he'll go in the first round, but if we're sitting there and there really isn't somebody that's jumping out at us, this is a kid that could be a sleeper. I really like him. So, um, But of the players I listed, my hope would be for the Vikings to target Sua Cravens unless Laquan Treadwell or one of the tackles were to fall to us. But safety, someone to put next to Harrison Smith would be nice. All right. I've, I chose to um, pick 24, the Cincinnati Bengals, mostly because uh, I felt it was best if I picked them due to Adrian being a Bengals fan. I have listed here that their top needs um, are wide receiver, safety, center, cornerback, linebacker, and defensive line. Now, that's a lot of, a lot of needs listed there. I, I can't really pick out anything being a top need. Like, they need this position. I have these positions listed because they're potentially losing a lot of people this year uh, due to expiring contracts. I mean, their wide receiver core alone, four of their five receivers are up for uh, new contracts. AJ not, Green's not one of AJ them. AJ Green, though, no. So. He, he's locked down. He signed that, uh, I think, then he signed an extension the same it's, time Dalton did. Yeah. Those two are locked up together for a little while. It's a similar contract to Demarius Thomas and Des Bryant. That's right. That's right. But, um, yeah, four of those five, um, they're not bringing them all back. I could say maybe two of them coming back, maybe. Or they could decide, you know, they want to completely do free agency. And uh, in the draft here, um, some names uh, they could, you know, plug and play here. Like you said earlier, Laquan Treadwell, if he manages to fall this far and the Vikings don't take him, I think so he'd, he'd be a <laughs> he'd be a good pick here to uh, line up opposite of AJ Green. They haven't had any real 
receivers opposite of A.J. Green to allow him to really do what A.J. Green does. He does what he does, double and triple covered every day, because they have they've had you know second and third stringers out there that have no business you know playing as much as they do. Um, another option, uh, another couple options would be uh, Tyler Boyd, Tyler Boyd from Pitt, or Court Coleman of uh, Baylor. That's my favorite right there out of that group. I mean, any of outside of Treadwell, if you could pick any of those there, and they'd be uh, immediate impacts. Uh, we'd see, I think, a production increase out of AJ Green. Um, and it'd make it easier for Andy Dalton for what I thought to be a fairly scary a team, you know, an offense at the, um, before AJ or excuse me, Andy Dalton got hurt in, uh, for the rest of the season. Um, another option would be a safety. Safety. Both their safeties are up, uh, and they could uh, decide to go with uh, Daring Thompson of Boise State or Jaron Curse of Clemson to uh, fill needs over there. Um, See, uh, I think a lot of what they're going to have to go with is what are they going to, how are they going to prioritize their re-signing? Are they going to say they need to bring the receivers back? Are they going to focus mostly on defense and re-signing and uh, grow in the draft on a wide receiver and center and all that? We'll have to see what happens here, re-signs and free agency. We can't rule out what will happen here in free agency. So, Personally, I think the uh, offense is definitely going to have to be addressed because Losing Hugh Jackson as your offensive coordinator is going to hurt big time, so you need to keep the weapons around Andy Dalton if you want him to stay productive. Yeah. Um, all right, so we're going to move into our Q&A. Uh, do you want to start or do you want me to? Um, I, I guess I'll take the first one. My, my first Q&A is, uh, Will, there's been a lot of rumors going around, will Kaepernick play for either the New York Jets or any other team this year, for that matter. I I don't think he will. I think that uh, I I think that Chip Kelly chose San Fran because of Kaepernick. He's a, a quarterback that can run Kelly's offense, and if he doesn't like it, Chip Kelly doesn't negotiate. He does what he wants to do. It could be interesting though with Trent Baalke being the GM, kind of sitting on the hot seat as the GM, and Chip Kelly doesn't have control over the team like he did in Philly. So. Maybe, but I think Kelly will talk them out of doing it. I don't think Cap will play for the Jets. I mean, that we've seen huge support for Fitzmagic, as as, as he deserves. He deserves the mm-hmm. uh, support that he's getting from the players, from the uh, the staff. You know, uh, the GM is want they want to get a deal done with him. He wants to get a deal done with him. I don't think Cap will go for the Jets, but I could see him playing for another team. No one's going to hold on to a player. That is so unhappy with being where he's at, especially how he's been treated. Like last, the last one and a half, two seasons, he's been treated horribly by the fans of San Fran, um, getting benched during the season, and he, oh, he doesn't want to deserve play. that benching. He did deserve yeah. the benching, but you're not going to want to play for a team that has no faith in you. You're going to want to go take it somewhere else. Maybe a new scene will bring the Kaepernick when he first started playing, and no one could stop him. So, um, I could see, I could see him playing for another team this year. All right. Um, my first question: uh, Who do you think will take home the Super Bowl MVP? I'm going to say obviously it's oh, man. Actually, it's not obvious. This is hard. Uh, it depends what kind of game we get. Are we going to get a defensive showdown for the big game, or is it going to be all offense? Is it going to be you know? Super Cam flying into the end zone. Well, you can pick one for each team because okay. we haven't covered who we're going to. Um, 
Well, see, but I still can't really pick one for each team. <laughs> that defense, like I said, if it does, if it, if it ends up being a defensive game, you could give it to Harper, you could give it to Norman, you could give it to Keekley. Uh, it depends on what kind of game we get. You could give it to Cam. You could give it to uh, if it, Ted Ginn decides he wants to start catching balls, give it to him. <laughs> yeah. Give it to Stewart, or Greg Olson. Shit, let's give it to a tight end. <laughs> I mean, it's it depends on what kind of game. And then on the other side, what kind of team are we going to see? Is it, are we going to see Vintage Manning, you know, going out in a blaze of glory? That'd be great. Are we going to see, you know, Von Miller step up or <clears throat> Tlaib step up? What are we going to get? I mean, you could throw out any big names, and they could be potential Super Bowl MVPs, depending on what kind of game we get. Well, personally, I think it's going to be a defensive game, and I think that if Denver wins Super Bowl, it'll be Von Miller. It's going to be him getting into the backfield and wrecking everything Carolina does. And I think if Carolina wins the game, it's going to be Luke Keekley because we watched him back-to-back weeks go out and make huge defensive plays. Pick sixes, mind you. Exactly. And they were... Uh, essentially either you know stamp or you know like nail in the coffin or turning points for the game and so i think that that's those are the two that it'll come down to for me um you got next question i got another question there's been rumor i know um last thing i saw that the browns were going to do is they weren't going to talk about manzel's future until monday which Coincidentally, is the first day that teams can start cutting players. I believe he's going to get cut. My question is, do you think we will see a lot of bigger name? You know, there's always going to be those ones and twos you've never heard of. You didn't even know they are on the team. Do you think we'll see a lot of the bigger name players get cut on Monday? I think we will. And the reason why I think we will is because there are quite a few teams that are cap-strapped right now. New Orleans, for one. Yeah, um, yeah. I think that we're going to see someone like Jarius Bird get cut from New Orleans. I mentioned mentioned that in the article I wrote. Um, they signed him to a pretty big contract a couple years ago, and they grabbed him free agency, and he hasn't performed. It'll be team. It'll be players like that. Um, I think Baltimore is a bit cap strapped. We could see a couple guys get cut from there. Uh, we could see older veterans get moved too because you know they some of them have got big contracts. They're up there in age, and teams need the money. So. I think I think we will. Maybe not necessarily Monday, but throughout the week next week. Yeah, I agree with you. I think it could be a weekly thing, but we'll see. Because a lot of the players that you know we're seeing as big names right now, they're starting to get up there in age. we got the drafts coming around. There's a lot of new players coming in. New players coming in that are making immediate impacts mm-hmm. that um, you know they could be had for a lower price point at the moment than some of these veterans are. So um, I, I agree with you, especially the salary cap teams like the Saints. You know, making stupid decisions with their money. Mm. Uh, we could see quite a bit of uh, players getting cut. Just, I mean, maybe it's not even that they've fallen off in production. It's just the team can't handle their salary cap anymore. And they could. there's someone that could be had for a lot lower price point that might get up there in the same production as them. Uh, and my final question is, what's the strongest position group in this draft? Um, I'm going to say, because I know what you're going to say. In so, your opinion. My opinion, I'm thinking, I'm going to say linebacker. I know you think linebackers lower because there aren't a lot of true 3-4 linebackers, you know, in this draft. But as we were talking about earlier, what system, other than Chicago, which I think they might change, they might tweak it a bit just because of how poorly they played last season, which 
um, no team runs a true 3-4 or a 4-3 anymore. They've got all sorts of different packages for different scenarios based off their personnel points. And uh, I think there's a lot of linebackers in this draft that could uh, go out there and make immediate impacts out there playing on the edge or uh, you know, in pass coverage or being at that pass rusher. All right, so I am going to have to say defensive tackle. I have a list of, uh, what is that, 11 defensive tackles, all of which I could see as potential first-round picks. Of course, not all of which are going to go in the first round, which means that you're going to see some of these guys fall in the second, third, fourth, maybe even fifth round. I mean, we saw players last year that I did not expect to drop as far as they did. And these guys are real talents, guys that could go in and start immediately for you at defensive tackle, whether it be 3-4 or 4-3. Most of them transition to both. Um, some of them will transition to nose tackle in a 3-4. Some of them will transition to a defensive end in a 3-4. But these guys are super talented. Like, uh, for instance, uh, Chris Jones of Mississippi State. I love the kid in, in college. He's a junior, and he should have stayed in school because I think the depth, the amount of players that are in this draft are going to hurt his draft stock. If he had stayed in school one more year, we could have been seeing him go in the first round. But, yeah, I think defensive tackle. And that brings us to our weekly picks. Pick. Pick. Weekly yes, pick. Weekly pick. <laughs> uh, who's going to win the Super Bowl? Uh, I think we're, we're going to get a really good Super Bowl here. I think uh, rightfully so, Super Bowl 50. This is a big game. I personally would have loved to have seen Green Bay and Kansas City again, just like Super Bowl one. You know, turn back the clock. Let's do it just like before. Um, but I think we're still going to get a good game here. We're getting number one versus number one. First, uh, number one overall pick versus number one overall pick. Number one defense, number one offense. The same year Cam Newton came out was the same year Vaughn Miller went number two. That's it. And, you know, Elway's already come out and said, had Newton fallen to two, he would have taken Newton. So, I mean, th- this is going to be a good Super Bowl. Now, deciding who's going to win the Super Bowl, I think you line up defense to defense, and um, their strengths and weaknesses for both teams, you know, are made up for on the opposite team. So, whatever's the strength in Carolina. It's kind of maybe a more of a weakness for Denver, vice versa. So I think they kind of cancel each other out. Unfortunately, you look at the offenses. Carolina has got a far superior offense than Denver does. Maybe if we had Peyton Manning from old, you know, who could feel the tips of his fingers, could get the ball, you know, more than 15 yards down the field, it could be, you know, a lot closer. But the skill set that Cam Newton brings to the table. These two these two haven't faced each other this you know, this year. So this Denver defense doesn't really know what to expect from this offense. so I think they're gonna have um a harder time shutting them down. Um so I'm gonna this is hard. <laughs> Cause I would love I personally would love to see Peyton Manning get his second ring retire even announces retirement on that stage holding Lombardi even maybe even holding you know the MVP trophy being I'm done this is it but I think that uh Carolina is going to get their first Super Bowl and I'm going to say it's going to be offensive and Cam Newton's going to be the MVP I uh I'm 
I I want Denver to win this game so bad for Peyton. Um, but it's really hard to ignore the obvious, and that's how well Carolina has played in the last two weeks. They destroyed Seattle in the first half and fell apart in the second half. That's the only reason why that game finished close. And then they absolutely manhandled Arizona from start to finish. Um, just when you thought Arizona might be putting it together, they dismantled them. Um, so I, I have to go with with Carolina. I mean, even with their weaknesses, they still make them look like strengths. And I think the game's going to come down to a defensive battle, and it's going to come down to who turns the ball over more or who gets more turnovers. And Carolina and the two games that they played in the playoffs – They've intercepted the ball six times and recovered three fumbles. Denver in their two games have two interceptions and one fumble recovery. That's nine to three. I mean, that's a big difference when it comes to turnovers, and I think that's how Carolina wins this game. You got to add their two defensive touchdowns too. I mean, yep. And their special teams can you know make turnovers too. That Carolina, I believe, is the more complete team out of the two. And that's evident by their record going 15-1. and one. So I'm going to, yeah, I'm, it's Carolina. And for the last time this season, we have Ethan with us, our local expert. You want to go ahead and ask him? I'll ask him. Ethan, who do you think is going to win, Denver or Carolina? Carolina. Hey, you have it. It's unanimous. We're all three taking Carolina. Oh, thank you for tuning in to this last podcast of the regular season we'll have a couple throughout the off season probably not every week there's not going to be a lot to talk about every week uh so just keep an eye out for them um and thank you